Arf. Pup Acus here with The Dog Dish, a podcast all about puppy play and the humans behind the hoods. One thing you've probably noticed about each of the episodes on this show is that they always start with me introducing myself by name. And if you've ever been to a pet play event and met someone new while on two feet, the conversation probably started with names. We lead with those because they create a sense of identity and individuation. Once I tell you I'm Akis, you now have a label to place on me to distinguish me from others in the community. If you're like most people, once I tell you I'm Akis, you also do that head tilt thing and squint your eyes a bit because you're trying to process this word you've never heard before. When you hear an unfamiliar name, you want some context to help you understand and remember it. You want to understand what you've just heard, and you need more information or background to do that. In other words, an unfamiliar name prompts a story, and that story can be a great introduction to the person or pup you're meeting, because names carry meaning. They hold significance, and they're chosen for a reason. Learning that reason helps you know the critter who has that name. So it's pretty clear that names are a big deal. They're important, they contribute to a sense of identity, and they should be chosen with care and intention. To help me think through this issue, I reached out to Pup Logan, a founding member of Greater Cincinnati Pets and Handlers, and Pup Stolas Slowick, who is Florida Puppy 2022. And Stolas has some special experience with naming critters. I spent a number of years working in animal shelters, and one of the jobs that I was given was to uh, name animals that were coming in. Um, so that kind of, for some context, creates a little bit of depth there where when you're naming things for an animal shelter they need to appeal to other people but they also have to you you can't have 50 million spots in an animal shelter yeah you can't you can't name every dachshund shotzi you can't (laughs) okay confession time i was tempted to title this episode would the real pup bandit please stand up or to get as many pup bandits and pup scouts as i could find There's so many. To record themselves saying, hi, I'm Pup So-and-so, again and again and again, just to drive home the point that those names are common. But after the Collars episode I did, I swore I'd never again edit together another Collian episode. Anyway, back to Stolas' story. I was always the one to try to push the boundaries and pick the weird names and things to see what would stick. There is absolutely nothing wrong with someone picking Spot or Tramp or any name that they feel best represents them. But I do feel like if you're picking it yourself and it is not an honor being bestowed on you, that it is something that you should probably take some time to figure out what you want from it. I mentioned at the top of the show that a name often holds a story, that an introduction is a means to learn a bit about what's behind the name and thus learn a bit about the person or critter you're chatting with. So it seems appropriate to start with that before we get any further in our conversation here. For my part, my first name derives from the Latin word acus, which is where English gets the word equal. The Latin term means things like equal, even, just, kind, and impartial. This word suits me both as a human and as a puppy. When I'm in a mosh or other critter play space, I always make sure everyone around me can join in, and that everyone gets access to the toys being played with or whatnot. As a human, I'm drawn toward the wallflowers, hoping to help them find an entry point into whatever's going on. My last name is based on the Latin word curandus, which means to be cared for. I'm in this for the scritches, so that makes sense, right? It also means patient, and I've been told many times that I have the patience of a saint, so it fits. 
except that it doesn't. Language played a trick on me here, and I didn't do enough research. The word carandus is where English gets caduceus, that snake and rod symbol for doctors. It turns out it doesn't mean patient like, oh, I'll just wait here, but rather patient like, I'm checking in for my surgery. So I kind of goofed on that one. But at this point, each part of that story tells you something about me, up to and including the goofiness that's a big part of my popsona. Even the mistake I made helps you know more about me, so I own up to it. Okay, let's get back to Pupstolas. My regular name is Stolis. I say the surname as Slowick. I am a bit of a cryptic person. I can be a bit of a hermit in my own right. I have a lot of interest and a lot of curiosity about the world, but I'm not usually very keen on sharing that. I was kind of ridiculed a lot for my curiosity as a child, and so I kind of turned that inward. I like kind of occult things. I like plants and gemstones, astronomy, things like that. Like Some of it is intensely nerdy, and some of it is very like niche. Like Unless you went looking for the knowledge, you wouldn't find it mm-hmm. kind of deal. And, and so... The the traits and characteristics that you had as a child have carried over into your sense of identity as a puppy? Correct. Stolis as a persona are the parts of myself that I wish I could be on the regular. They're the bits that are packed away because of trauma and um, fear and anxiety and all of those other things. Like they're the outgoing part of me that I wish that I was. And so there's this curious bit about putting that name on it where it's still kind of niche and keeping a little bit to myself, but it also leads into conversation because people want to know where the name came from. You you started that explanation by referring to the parts of Stolas, and you kept going with the plural for a while there. Uh, is this a, a we are legion thing, or is this like a, a royal we thing? Or, or, or When I'm having a conversation in Without a Hood, and uh, there's kind of a blended headspace. Stolas is me, but there is like a bifurcation there because work things don't allow me to be puppy all the time. I am open about it at work, but I do have to keep a little bit of a barrier there. So in some degree, that headspace always occupies part of my brain, but it's always kept a little separate. So kind of a we are legion, but also kind of not. I I think the way that you started to describe it, I think the phrase that you used was actually the parts that are stolas or something like that. And so when when you Im, when you imagine that persona or when you imagine that identity, you see it as a collection of separate pieces that combine. Uh, they're just aspects of who I am that I don't feel like I can express in my normal day-to-day life. They're the things that I struggle with the hardest. And when I'm in headspace, I can be more myself, be that happy, sociable creature. A few minutes back, you you said that whenever you introduce yourself to people, they often want to know where your name comes from or what it means or that sort of thing. Is that a story that you would be willing to share on a podcast? Sure. The name Stolis is uh, actually a demon, uh, Ars Goisha. Um, the okay. <laughs> um, usually represented as an owl. There's a couple of memes that float around of the leggy boy. There's a cartoon character that's part of Has Been Hotel and Hell of a Boss that came out a year or two after I actually started using the name. But it's a kind of a play on the same thing, like a demon, which is that kind of cryptic 
unless you went looking for it, wouldn't recognize the name. The demon is known for knowledge of poisonous plants, medicinal herbs, astrology, and gemstones. So there are all these things that I find interesting and fascinated by, and I tend to collect little bits and things and whatnot. I also really kind of love the idea. I think of most things when they're painted as a demon. It's more of a, at least from my perspective, probably someone that taught or had knowledge of these things that people looked up to and was probably vilified for it. And so I kind of like the idea of co-opting something that has some history and has that knowledge, especially when the areas of interest resonate and correlate so well with me. Yeah. To hear you explain it like that, it does seem like there's good overlap mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a good natural fit. And is there is there a story behind the surname as well? There is. It's a little less deep than the original name. Um, the surname is actually kind of a joke. It's Old and Middle English because we are keeping at least somewhat with the cryptic sort of ideals and because I kind of am mostly British, Irish, and descent. The two words, basically, a slow is a type of wetland, so a swamp. And uh, wick is wicked can also mean witch or things like that. And there is a running joke that because I seem to never age that i must be a swamp witch yeah fair i've known stolas for quite a while now and i can confirm that all of that is true they are a swamp witch pup logan on the other hand is very much not a swamp witch but just like stolas derived their name from interests as a human logan let his human interests lead his search for a name but i'll just let him tell the story for me, it was observing my canine's behavior and adapting that to me and my personality. As far as finding the name, it was, I, I really love the character Wolverine. As I sit here in my Wolverine robe and my Wolverine shirt and my Wolverine, I think, socks. Yep. Thank you for translating for the listening audience. Appreciate that. You're, you're welcome, everyone. I, I've, I've always been a comic book nerd. Before pet play, comics were like kind of my saving grace. I was bullied a lot growing up and I, I, I would escape into the world of comics where, you know, the good guys always won and the bad guys always lost. My top three favorite characters, fictional characters are Wolverine, Gandalf, and Magneto. And I thought, well, you know, comic books would be a really good source because they all have some really wicked cool names. And I was like, all right, Pump Wolverine sounds way too extra. <laughs> Just most, it's, that's, that's too many letters. And so I thought, well, what's his human name? James Howlett. Okay. <clears throat> now, Pump, Pump James and Puff, I probably missed out an opportunity on Pump Howlett, mm. if we're mm. going to be really honest. Uh, but I was like, no, everybody calls him Logan. That's a great name. I don't actually know any Logans. This will be great. Here we are three four years later and it's uh i know like six logans now and <laughs> oops so like i i understand to some extent why some people want to change their names like it it, it makes some sense but for, for me it was logan and i started calling myself logan and it, it felt comfortable it felt it felt nice and it's yeah it was it was a really short experience for me but i've i've gone through and helped people get into pet play and it's always been, all right, well, what are your interests? What things make you happy? Take my beta, for example. I introduced him to Pet Play, and he was like, oh, well, I don't know if I could really come up with a name. I, that's, that, that seems like a really hard thing. And I was like, well, look, you're, you know, you're really into cars. He's a mechanic for fun, not professionally. He's been following 
car racing and really honestly any kind of motor type racing since he was a small kid his favorite type of racing is the the uh, drag racers which use nitromethane fuel in some of them and so his pet name is nitromethane nitro for short i feel like a lot of people put a lot of pressure on it to like find one pick one now 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 i have to hurry 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 which seems to be really common attitude as far as even biological pets are concerned you know they're always instant gratification and i think the difference as pet players is that we have the human intuition to understand delayed gratification and we can also allow ourselves to kind of grow into a thing rather than demanding that we start with that thing right at the very beginning exactly. and that actually was a question that i wanted to ask you about your experience um you mentioned that you know you you might have missed an opportunity with one perspective name and then you started with logan and over time you've now met other logans and so it's not as as distinctive as you once thought it was do you feel trapped by your name do you feel like you've grown into that name do you feel like it's grown on you like how is your relationship to your pet name changed over time i uh, it, it's gotten to the point where i don't actually go by my muggle name mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. uh it's really weird when like someone calls up and asks for my legal name mm -hmm. and it, 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 it it's it's almost a delay like oh yeah that's how like <laughs> oh that's me too that's how people identify <laughs> me yeah it's there's a, there's a small group of people that i i will allowed to call me my legal name my parents people who have known me like since before i got into pet play that yeah i still talk to which actually is quite a short list but it's it's how i introduce myself it's it's kind of become who i am as far as feeling trapped by my name no actually i really embrace it the one previous local title holder is logan savage and over the last year or so their partner started calling them log and we all thought it was really funny and we, we, we were in love with it. And so now they typically get called log from across the bar. And I thought, well, crap, I'm Logan too. Oh shit. Look at this. I can be dog log, <laughs> which is like a whole, which is a whole bunch of poop jokes all at yep. once. It's yep. freaking hysterical. And it, it has been the most fun to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Logan, AKA dog log. And just watch the faces. Yeah. Yes, because oh, the reactions people get to it are fantastic, especially if they're strangers from another town or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. It honestly makes my whole life. Back when I was picking a name for myself, I had a brainstormed list going that I tried to narrow down. One of the options on that list was Miko. I like the name. I like the sound of it. I like the playfulness it suggests. In fact, that playfulness was what brought it to mind in the first place. I grew up in Central Florida, and I worked for Disney for well over a decade. While there, every time I interacted with Miko, I had a blast. That lovable little trash panda has an awesome personality and is always looking for ways to get into innocent trouble. I see a lot of myself in that character. But I didn't want my name to come from someone else. I didn't want to be attached to another identity that Disney could rewrite or kill off at any time. And since both Stolas and Logan have cultural reference at the heart of their pup names, I wondered whether the concern I had all those years ago was warranted. So has it ever caused problems for you to have your name, uh, and I'll go a step further and risk overstating this, but your identity as a pup attached to a fictional character that somebody else writes the scripts for and the stories for like you aren't in control of what that universe cranks out has that ever caused a problem actually for me being named after the anti-hero of all anti-heroes is like what is it they said in hawkeye about the tracksuit mafia a little on the nose 
it, it, it's it, Logan has been a little on the nose for me. Um, okay. It, so it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And he has his own tragic backstory filled with all these terrible, crazy traumas. And I really relate really hard to it, whether it was, you know, being pretty, pretty aggressively bullied growing up or being involved in some real abusive relationships or whatever. The whole like this was done to me with misinformed consent type deal. As far as you know, like his, his adamantium being bonded to a skeleton, it's been a lot of mirroring for me, actually. Even as they continue to write the character and evolve the character, and it's not anything that I I, I know is like intentionally done, but it's been almost scary how much it mirrors me, and I'm kind of grateful. Not everybody has uh, that experience. Yeah, because at this point, there's an entire generation of people who grew up loving, admiring, and adoring everything that J.K. Rowling ever did. And now we find out that she's, you know, transphobic. And I see people with the Deathly Hallows tattooed on them. And I was like, hmm, how's that working out for you now? How are you feeling about that life choice now? I actually know two trans folks that have Harry Potter tattoos. And yep. they look at them and, like, get really mad about it. Yep, yep. And, and, and so honestly, that's kind of where that question came from. But I think in your case, I'm guessing that the word Logan itself isn't so obviously attached to the mythology around the character that it isn't an immediate association like it would be in the case of the word Miko or the Deathly Hallows tattoo. Well, you would think that, except every time I go out into the community, there's at least something Wolverine-y about me. Gotcha. Okay. Generally more than one. So like it's so it's, you could hide it, but you don't. Me, <laughs> like, okay, yes, we we established this is where it comes from. And but like then you get the whole experience of me instead while you're also reminded where it comes. I don't know. It it seems to work for me. I, I don't know if it would work for everybody, but it works out really well for me. Let's go back to Stolas's story. When they explained their name, they mentioned cartoon characters and whatnot, all of which went right over my head. So let's start there. So I, I will confess, I didn't catch any of the cultural references you made a minute ago. I don't know any of the shows you mentioned. But a question that comes from the fact that you were able to list off a number of things that have that name in it, that character in it, I'm not sure which way it went. Is it ever a problematic for you to have media that is being created now that is using the name that you identify by? And and does it ever like worry you that you're not in control of the story that is being told about Stolas? No, not really. Um, I do occasionally get the question of whether or not my inspiration was from a, a television show. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily bother me but i will say i did create the surname to kind of distance it somewhat and make it a little bit more there was a little more to that like the idea of maybe having a house or a i would say a pack but I'm, i've never been about hierarchy but like there was the idea that at some point i might want to pass on a lineage of some sort or knowledge that way mm -hmm. and so just as a little forethought created a surname to distance myself and, and mm -hmm. all of that and so that name is something that you could see yourself sharing with others over time yes fascinating and that brings up another question can human critters name themselves before they engage with the community? Or do they need to develop a persona, or a pupsona as the puppies call them, in their headspace before settling on a name? It seems that, like so much else with pet play, it differs from person to person. 
For my part, I explored my Pupsona first. I got my hood and spent some time in it, spent some time romping around with trusted friends, and maybe even did a public mosh before choosing a name. And the name I picked is very much derived from how I behave as a puppy and not just as a human. And here's how it worked for Logan. I did mine backwards the way Beta did his, where, you know, I explored my puppy headspace and I figured out where I am as a person pet. And for him, it was, he doesn't really care. He's very laid back, laissez-faire type deal. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it was, well, let's just, let's just give it a name and see if it works. Mm -hmm. And it it helped him find his headspace by having the name. So for some people, I've noticed like they can't find it until they find their headspace, Mm -hmm. whichever one fits best in that headspace. And for some people, it's, I like this name. Let's see if it works. And if it doesn't, we can revisit sort of a pencil it in policy. Okay, so so choosing a name because it seems like it'll work and then try it out for a bit. And then, yeah, let's jump back to my chat with Stolas one more time to bring it home. So what I'm hearing from you is that choosing a puppy name is something that gives people the opportunity to do what they weren't given the opportunity to do when they got their human name, which is to generate and develop a persona of their own that they want rather than taking on what they've been given. And it's a way for them to make prominent aspects of their personality that they like or that they want to be associated with or that they want to put forward to other people. And that it's a way for them to say, here's a puzzle about me that you're welcome to try and figure out if you would like or, you know, ask for the answer key and I will walk you through the meaning of this puzzle. Did I miss anything there? No, that's a pretty good summary. I think of, because pet play is so different for pretty much everybody, we all have our own ideas about how we want to express ourselves, who we want to be, how we want to be managed or not managed under headspace and things like that, that picking a name is very personal. Some people genuinely would prefer for others to pick the name for them. Some people see it as a sense of honor. Some people want to create a name for themselves to distance themselves. Some people want to pick a name that's very common in order to just kind of blend in. There's also some degree of power in being able to blend in and be anonymous. And since people use Headspace and uh, Pet Play to kind of work through those different aspects of the things that they need, the name should kind of reflect what they want to do, whether that's just blending in or standing out or having meaning. There's something very powerful in being able to construct your own identity from the ground up. Even if it is not entirely separate, there is something very powerful in being able to say, this is how I want to be viewed, what I want to be, instead of just being limited by what you had to start with. Yeah, kind of starting over from scratch and being able to create the identity and persona that you want rather than adapting the identity or persona that you were given earlier on. And and being able to do that with the wisdom that you acquired from years or decades or whatever of, of trying to do the latter, you're able to do the former uh, more effectively, I guess. And when when you talked about like suggestions for how other people should choose names, yes, um, you recommended considering what kind of energy and personality a person has or wants to project and look for names or words that reflect energy or personality. Can, can you help me understand how a word or, or how a name would reflect 
energy? Uh, sure. Words and names have a kind of power of their own. Like we created terms for things to express certain things and words have multiple meanings, connotations, inflections, things like that. If you see yourself a certain way in your headspace and you can think about terms that represent the aspects of of your headspace. You can look for other words that might be a combination of those aspects or just close enough and have like that ring to it that just kind of resonate with you. So there you go. Critter names are distinctive, often unique, and always meaningful. Choose the name that suits you best, keeping in mind who you are and what's important to you. But most importantly, choose intentionally. The explanation behind your name is often the first thing people will learn about you, so it's your first best chance to give people the story of who you really are. Thanks for listening to The Dog Dish, and special thanks to Pup Dog Log and Pup Stolas Slowick for their time, perspectives, and insights in this episode. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy these conversations and want to keep them coming, if these episodes help you feel connected or informed, please help support the show's production. Imagine if you and I had these chats in a bar and you'd say, let me buy you a drink. Consider sending that along to make sure everyone everywhere can benefit from these discussions. Just follow the Become a Patron link at dogdishshow.com. Thanks for helping out. And a special shout out to Marco and Rollick for their support this past month. I really do appreciate it. Our next episode will be about breeds. Not breeding. Stop, you filthy animals. I mean canine breeds and how or why humans might identify with them. But that's a few weeks away. In the meantime, go train your favorite podcast player to fetch so you'll hear the next episode once it's released. Or you can visit dogdishshow.com for all episodes, for more information about the show, and to get in touch. But until then, you stay. Stay tuned for more, that is. Arf!